Okay, welcome to Nest Advisory Services uh, October 1st weekly report. Um, so update from the market here. Um, so based on my sales recommendations, uh, I have us 100% sold canola. And so I uh, sold the balance of it at 861. Uh, right now we closed at 903. So I'm, I'm wrong by $40 a ton, a buck a bushel. Uh, would have seemed dramatic two years ago, but right now it doesn't seem like much. But regardless, uh, I'm wrong there. So my average price though was 839 and I started you know, selling in May. So um, the close is 903, um, so 100% sold. If you haven't sold, which I know a lot of you haven't, um, check the oil. If you got higher oil, it's probably worth an extra $10 a bushel on the basis. Um, so just ask for it. You know, worst you're going to hear is no. And then when I'm looking at the futures here right now, um, if I just look straight at canola, beans is not bullish. Uh, beans, they came out with a lot more soybeans than they thought that they're left, you know, year end in the US. And all indications are we're going to hit or exceed 50 bushel an acre. <laughs> there isn't real issues with harvest, but time will tell. Um, canola, however, if you look straight at it right now, um, we're at above a one month high. So that's bullish technically. And then if you look at the three months, the highest we hit was, well, really 920 would kind of be where the, the triple top would be. And then we did break through a few days up to the 940 and stuff. Um, I believe we had lost all demand, export demand for canola. I was wrong um, because your best bid right now is G3 and G3 is not an extra crusher. That being said, they may probably are supporting some of the Bungie crush plants, but uh, generally speaking, they're pushing grain through, uh, through the terminal in Vancouver. And, you know, they're sitting at seven unders, whereas, you know, Cargill doesn't have a bid and, you know, other places are 20 under. So, um, could be an interesting next month. Um, obviously, you know, my concern, I'm concerned that the stock market is going to implode. And if that's the case, you're going to hurt fuel demand and, and renewable diesel is what's driving us. So that's where I stand. I, I may buy back into the market later on, but I don't too much risk for me to want to do that right now. Um, your choice on what you want to do. I, if you convert it to cash, I actually want you to convert it to something physical as well. So I guess leaving grain in the bin is not necessarily a bad thing either. So um, as I said, you're a master of your own de destiny and, and you know your decisions have consequences. So it's entirely up to you what you want to do, but that's what I did on my pretend firm. Uh, wheat, we finally saw some bullish news there. That was actually a fairly bullish USDA report. And then as we entered, the new month, new money came in and uh, wheat has done quite well. Um, you know, we, where do we close up today for December futures? We should have been prepared, it was um, Minneapolis wheat, we closed at 929, uh, which is really the highest it's been in six months. Uh, so, we could have a real breakout here on wheat. Um, almost looking at buying it back. I'm going to wait till Monday. But I mean, if we break through this, uh, the, 
when I talk about 1065 is next. So there might be some good opportunities to get in there. Now I had guys take their profits this last week and, and I still haven't bought back in, but overall cash bids are 1150. Um, you know, so I still am only 30% sold. My, my 20% sold obviously turned into 30% sold. And my average price is 1119. I'm, and I'm happy with that. Uh, so I will consider things on Monday, um, but I'm still just overly cautious on what is going on on the macro environment. Uh, nonetheless, I want you to hold your wheat for as long as possible in the bin. Um, that's what I'm doing on my pretend farm, and I'm still targeting $14. And we're only $350 away. So when we hit $20 wheat in 2008, we don't think we were even at this price that September uh, or beginning of October. The real rally occurred after January. So uh, I'm content to think that wheat is really not going to drop much. So I, I'm fine with holding that. Uh, peas, I, I, I sold out at the 16.50 and I feel comfortable on that. I believe there's some 14 and 15s out there. Um, like I said, the dogs are covered. They covered, they went in and they, they bought their values and they took care of it. They weren't going to mess around. Um, so that one, now that leaves food demand, but you've got cheap soybeans versus really expensive peas. I don't, don't know which why we would choose peas, but who knows, maybe a consumer will, but food inflation is pretty terrible right now. And um, are you really going to choose a non-GMO when it's twice the prices of the GMO? Um, there's still no demand from the likes of India. Uh, there is demand from China. It's just, can you collect enough peas to get it there? So the bids are all over the map on peas, but generally speaking, it's the pulse processors that have the best. Um, Again, like I said, I sold out at 16.50. Um, you've got to decide what you want to do from there. And nothing says that the market will continue to climb back up there afterwards if we can find new demand. Um, so I'm not going to get too, too in-depth in that one because there's really not a lot going on in the P market. Uh, Lennels, like I said, I, I, my pretend farm, I dumped it at 53. I believe that it's gone down to 49. Um, Columbia has pulled their bids entirely. Other people have pulled their bids. Um, <clears throat> Australia is about to harvest their crop and their indications are $200 a ton cheaper than what 50 cent a pound lentils are right now. Are they selling there? No, because they will not sell till it's in the bin. They just refuse to get burned on that. But <clears throat> generally speaking, <clears throat> there was a frost here this last week. Doesn't seem like it did as much damage. I mean, I guess time will tell when I get in and start harvest it, but uh, the world's going to look there. So until the Australian farmer decides to sell it for a higher price, uh, we're we're gonna this market's going to kind of stay flat to no bids. And the good best opportunity might turn after Christmas. Talking to G three, I know that's their plan and when they want to get into the market. So uh, India is still short lentils. Turkey is still short lentils. Uh, but again, like I said, you can make food out of, you know, protein out of soybeans as well, too. And India is actually an exporter of soybeans. So things can change when things get kind of desperate. Uh, barley, uh, I sold out at 850, but congratulations to the people who went and checked it for malt. $10 for 18 protein malt. I recommend you do that. Even if you sprayed it with glyphosate, it was probably so mature that it didn't affect the germ. Just submit it. Let them figure it out. But glyphosate, what they're worried about is the germ, not the residue. So uh, 
that's why they say don't spray it with glyphosate. They used to say don't put it in a bag either because they believed that that would, that would kill the germ. Um, check the RVA. Uh, that's important. That tells you whether that barley is going to hold on or potentially fail germ. But if you can get 1050 a bushel for your barley, that's pretty awesome. Um, that also actually probably makes the barley a little bit more bullish because generally speaking, they take the top 2 million tons of, of barley and that goes to malt. I didn't think much of any of that would happen this year, but that's happening. So that means that these guys got to import more corn or they got to pay more for barley. So um, 850 might not end up being a good sale, but regardless, I took it. Uh, Durham back up to 20 bucks. So that tells me that is the real market. Algeria came in and tender aggressively, um, but Algeria is couscous and it needs color. So that's going to be two or bad, better. Your lower quality stuff would fit into the likes of Ita the Italian mills and places like that. Um, they bought a lot of Mexican Durham on this, a lot. And Mexico has no problem selling at these prices. So pick your spots wisely. It's $20 a bushel. Uh, is it 22? No, but it's 20. It's more than double what you were selling it for in the spring. So um, I like the price and I'd still be selling to the 20. Um, getting crop inputs for next year. $950 nitrogen, if you can find it. Uh, $1,200 FOSS. Uh, chemicals, they're shutting down factories in, in China right now. Uh, everyone knows the container issues. So this is my pretend farm. Last year, I grew 12,000 acres, 2,000 acres of canola, 2,000 acres of wheat, 2,000 acres of durum, 2,000 acres of barley, 2,000 acres of peas, and 2,000 acres of lentils, what I gave you selling recommendations on. Next year, I have my plan in place. It's 6,000 acres of wheat, and I'm putting it on the canola stubble, which I know I have lots of nitrogen left there, and I'm putting it on pea and lentil stubble. My intention is to put zero nitrogen down, uh, treat it with jumpstart, and seed it at three-quarter the rate that I normally do. I am planning for a drought, so I am buying 80% crop insurance. And if it does rain on the pea and lentil stubble, I will go and top dress. I believe that there's enough nitrogen sitting in the canola stubble that I don't have to worry about. Uh, but again, that'll be something that I assess during the season. Uh, I will also be using a biological. Um, I've seen the results of some of these biologicals here this past year. I, as a real salesman, I'm going to be selling Phycoterra. Uh, it's $13.50 an acre. And the results I've seen are pretty impressive, especially in a drought. Uh, so that in a way is how I'm replacing my fertilizer at way cheaper price. Um, so this is the year to trial things, right? Because I'm, I'm going for crop insurance. Let's be realistic. It's dry out there. We need a lot of rain. We did get some rain here in the fall, but it's all gone. You know, your canola regrew and, and away it went. So I'm going to grow 3,000 acres of peas and I'm going to grow 3,000 acres of lentils. And I have no intention of selling anything today. None whatsoever. Um, in the fall here, I am going to make sure that my lentil ground is sprayed with fierce. I'm worried about getting chemical in the spring. So I want to get that down this fall. If the moisture comes, I know that'll work fantastic. I'm going to make sure I get my authority on the fall and I'm going to put that on my peas. Uh, because that is a fantastic chemical. And honestly, 
you know, if it's wet and stuff like that, I probably don't even really have to spray anything in crop. Um, I'm going to look as cheap as possible as I can on the wheat 24D. Um, might look at some, I could just look at the really cheap horizon. I might look at uh, Axial. Uh, it's going to be cheaper this year. But again, I'd probably get that to fart uh, just in case. I have no intention of putting any fungicide. Um, I got my glyphosate or whatever. Uh, I'm going to use it if I need it. Uh, you know, obviously look at what I can do this fall and then assess what the spring brings. Um, but I am actually, you know, see, putting my crop in there for a potential failure. Uh, droughts don't last a year and uh, we need a lot of rain to make a crop. So I'm not going to go throw a whole bunch of money at it. I've got good crop insurance at 80%. So I am going to use that and I'm going to play to that. And I'm going to do the basics of what you need. I am not spending $950 a ton on nitrogen. I'm not spending $1,200 a ton on phosphate. High prices, correct, high prices. I believe I've got enough in the ground to make it through to the next year and hope that these prices correct themselves, but I'm not going to panic. Um, if I believe that uh, zinc is good for my lentils, well, I can get that from somewhere else. That being said, the products, basic products that I want, I have sold my canola and I am gonna get those products and I'm gonna bring them, put them in farm that I know I need to grow my crop. Um, my seed, obviously I'll clean that up. And yeah, I am going to cut my seeding rate. And the reason why is that when you're in a drought, you have to cut your seeding rate. And we haven't thought like that for uh, 15 years, but that's what they do in Australia. And am I setting myself up for failure if it rains? Yeah, yeah. But I'm going based on the odds and the odds say that the drought is going to remain. So actually, I would probably yield better than the guy who seeded at a really high rate. I also will not be treating my seed. I saw seed treatment sitting on the soil there. Um, Phycoterra has a seed treatment. I'm going to treat, treat with that. That's it. Um, but I'm going to look at reducing my costs as low as possible. Uh, even with not putting fertilizer down, I know I'm going to fit save fuel costs and, and a lot of other things I'm going to save as well, right? Uh, so it's growing it like I'm growing it in the 90s again. Uh, I can react, especially with nitrogen and my high clearance sprayer if I need to. I could go put Alpine on. I could do all these things if I really want to. And those will be assessed during the season. But either way, I am putting my hands in my pocket and seeding this crop as cheaply as I can. And I'm hoping for the best. So, and then as for marketing, I have no intention to market anything right now. Um, tell the truth the first time I would think of marketing something is maybe at the end of July next year I might change my mind but right now uh, there is a going to be a serious shortage of craning in the world next year because no one can afford fertilizer no one and so crop yields are going to get cut dramatically um in reality, you know, guys said, well, why don't you just hold your grain? Yeah, just because I think there's a crash coming and that there's opportunities to, if I want, I can go buy back the wheat futures and buy back the canola futures, right? And I am holding cash wheat, right? Um, but um, yeah, everything is about managing risk next year. And how I thought about farming for the last 15 years, I almost need to forget it all. And I need to come back and do this different. Any digital lag is canceled, it's gone. Any, anything like that, it's gone. An agronomist has value. Um, 
I have my grain marketing advisor, who's Corey Nestroff. I think he provided me a lot of value um, because he looks at things a lot differently than other people. But beyond that, I'm, I'm sticking my hands in my pocket and I'm keeping it tight to my chest. Um, if I've got cash and there's land opportunities, I'm going to go after those, obviously, uh, because they don't make any more land. And, and we're about to see how bad it possibly could get in this world. So, but everything is about mitigating risk, risk off, risk off, risk off, risk off is, is basically what I'm doing. So hopefully this is informative. And uh, but as always, you know, you know, I'm always in contact with you. So uh, any questions or thoughts or ideas, let me know and uh, we'll uh, go from there. But have a great weekend.